pastor and author Francis Chan says, if your children are Christians, if they really know Jesus and have the Holy Spirit living in them, that changes everything. I'm raising kids with a purpose. I'm looking at my kids and I'm saying, look, this is what God has revealed to us through his spirit, through his word. We're not just trying to keep our kids from doing bad things. We're teaching them, look, you're on a mission. You're on a mission with us. We have a goal in mind. As a family, we're showing the world how good it is when we understand the grace of God. This is Family Life Today. Our host is the president of Family Life, Dennis Rainey, and I'm Bob Lapine. Do your children have, well, for that matter, does your whole family have a a spirit-directed focus about life, why you're here, and your purpose? We're going to talk about that today. Stay tuned. And welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us. You know, this is this is making me just a little nervous, what we're talking about this week. You know, I mean, seriously, you stop and think. Is this your Presbyterian roots coming out? If you stop and thought, imagine tomorrow if everyone who names the name of Christ walked in the power of the Holy Spirit and was was living under the influence of the Spirit. There would be a spiritual revolution within uh, 48 hours in America. It would get scary. I mean, good scary, not bad scary. I'm talking good scary, but it's still... It blows my mind to think about it. And mine as well. L- let me introduce our guest, and then I've got a, I've got a tough question for Francis. Francis <laughs> Chan joins us again here on Family Life Today. Francis, welcome back. Thanks. Good to be back. Uh, Francis is a pastor, a writer, a husband, a father, uh, does a lot of things, but uh, he's in love with Jesus Christ, making a uh, just a, a great impact out on the West Coast. And... Uh, uh, leading the next generation in terms of really reaching out to some young people. And I'm really, uh, I'm really thrilled to see your work. Here's my question for you, practically. Okay. If the Holy Spirit walked out of your life today, how would your life be different tomorrow? Wow, that's a great question. And I think that's a great question for everyone to, to have to answer. For me personally, I really believe I'd be bored stiff. I, I, I would be. I, here, here's the thing is I thrive over supernatural things that happen every day. I, I, I love it. I love when I pray for something and it's supernaturally answered. I love when people's lives actually change and they don't just nod their heads to my message or whatever else. That's all an act of the Holy Spirit. I believe all that power would be gone. And I still believe I could do things and manipulate things, but it wouldn't be real fruit. And that would bore me to death. That's a great answer, but that's really not the one I was looking for. <laughs> okay, let's try it. <laughs> no, I'm going I'm to peel the onion. Okay, okay, a couple good, good, more good, layers. Good, good. What would your relationship with Lisa look like? If the Holy Spirit left your life today, what would your relationship with Lisa look like tomorrow? You know, here's the thing. It, Lisa and I, we have a natural compatibility. 
I, like I, we just get along. We really don't fight that much. Right. And and so to me, I don't I don't believe that's a Holy Spirit thing. I, I see unbelievers. Well, pagans can get along. Exactly. Yeah, right. If you you know you you love the same things and, and everything else. You never unleashed your anger on uh, Lisa in the early years of your marriage. <sighs> Very little. I, I'm I'm being serious. That's I, good. That's yeah, all right. Yeah. I, I mean, I would in some ways. I I I'd use my sarcasm. You know, that's kind of the gift I've been given <laughs> or a curse. Yeah. Exactly. And and have said a lot of things that I regretted in those early days. But even then, it wasn't a lot. Okay. We have not—we're one of those weird, weird couples where we really didn't have a lot to fight about. I, I think a lot of it was because early on we established we're on a mission together. And when you're on a mission together, that changes everything. You know, I, I can imagine, though, if, if the Holy Spirit wasn't in control of my marriage— There'd be a lot more self emerging. There'd be a lot more flesh showing up. We would be finding ourselves moving pretty quickly toward isolation because what we'd care about isn't God, isn't one another. We'd care about us, and and it'd it'd all be lived out. You talk about living it out in the flesh. It wouldn't be about good performance at that point. It'd be about this is what I want, and if I don't get it, I'm not going to be happy. You're right. I, I, you know, that, that's true. I didn't think about that. See, when I first got married, I was already on a mission. Hmm. And my wife and I, because the Holy Spirit had taken control of my life to a degree. And had given you conviction of that mission. And gave me an understanding that I'm not here just to please myself. I am here to live for the glory of God. I'm after something. So now the mission's gone if the Holy Spirit's gone. Exactly. So I wouldn't have this. See, because we get along because we're after something together. So what's your marriage going to look like if you have no mission? Oh, it'd be completely self-centered. It'd be about, well, you're not making me happy. It's kind of like, okay, I'm I'm a basketball fan. And a Laker fan, Uh-oh. you know. Bob, Bob is I'm he's, sorry. He's Spurs all the way. Gotta baby. love the Lakers. But here, I, we went through some years. You remember when Kobe and Shaq? Of course, you remember Kobe and Shaq. Well, the They're, years that the Spurs were beating them. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. Oh, yeah. Well, here's why they were beating them. In L.A., we're watching these two superstars, arguably the two greatest at that time. You know, Duncan. Yeah, he's fine, but he's boring. Okay, but but anyways, arguably the two best players, but they couldn't get along. And, and 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 everyone's saying, gosh, quit fighting, quit arguing about whose team this is, because we're going we it's not that we care about Kobe and Shaq. Oh, I hope they become really good friends. We could care less. We just wanted to win a championship. Uh-huh. You know, there was a bigger picture than their friendship. And in the same way, when we look at our marriage, we go, this is more than you and I getting along. We're after a championship. We're after something. We're trying to impact this world for Jesus Christ. So there's this mission. In, in the same way, like with Kobe and Shaq, if they would just focus on the trophy and go for it, you know what? All your problems work out. And, and I feel like that's what's happened in our marriage. If that wasn't there— then the selfishness would have taken over, and uh, we probably would have strangled each other. You'd be Kobe, and she'd be Shaq, exactly. and it'd be a mess. Oh, you better call me Shaq. I, otherwise, Good just point. Like, what do you think I'm Shaq? <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough Laker illustrations. Oh, okay. I want to peel the onion one layer further, and then I want to. I want us to make the point here. But how would how would your parenting be different with you as a father if the Holy Spirit left you? I would go back to mission again. I, I'm I'm raising kids with a purpose. I'm looking at my kids and I'm saying, look, this is what God has revealed to us through his spirit, through his word. 
we're not on this earth to make you happy. We're, we're raising you into this warrior. We're, we're, we're teaching you that you can have an impact on your campus, on your friends. This is what God wants to do through you. We're not just trying to keep our kids from doing bad things. We're teaching them, look, you're on a mission. You're on a mission with us. We have a goal in mind. As a family, we're showing the world how good it is when we understand the grace of God. So you take the Holy Spirit out of the equation in your parenting, and what do you default to then at that point? Oh, then now I'm suddenly, I'm just, all I'm concerned about is, will my kid like me? Will she make a lot of money? Will she do this? Will she do that? Will he or she not mess up in public and embarrass me? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and you're, you're thinking about yourself again. We're not thinking about God and what he wants about thy will be done. And that's what I think, you know, we've been talking all week about the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Spirit in our lives. And, and, and I think fundamentally, he takes our orientation, which is a self-centered orientation, and refocuses us, corrects us, points us in a different direction, reminds us, convicts us, helps us see that we ought to be living for something beyond our own glory. And he directs us and empowers us to do what the scriptures command us to do. Amen. That's why Christ said in Acts 1-8 to his disciples, he said, wait here until you receive the Holy Spirit. Because when he has come upon you, you shall receive power. And if you look at this generation of, of, of really believers, we, the church is really not nearly as powerful in this culture as it ought to be. And you break the church down to individual families. Families are not powerful. And the reason I ask the question about how would your life be different, how would your marriage be different, and how would your parenting style be different. I wanted to to just illustrate for our listeners, the Holy Spirit's work is extremely theological, but very practical. He came to comfort, to guide, to convict, to teach, to direct. Um, He came to lead us to Christ and to convict us of sin and our need for, for the Savior. But he came to do far more than that. And, and that's why his work in our lives in marriages today Uh, You call him the forgotten God. He's also the forgotten God in Christian marriages today as well. It's really sad. It it just is. I I, I grieve because when you read the scriptures, you see that life should be so much better and so different for us. I mean, people are attracted when they see God, not when they see talented people or gifted people or smart people. I mean, when they look at believers, they want to see God. They want to see something that's inexplicable, something that's just, that had to be of him. And in your marriages, in your lives, are, are people seeing that? That's that's what I want. I want people to come over to my house. We had a couple boys over, people who didn't believe in God. My daughter brought them home. And and I just remember going out and talking to these two boys and, you know, after spending the night with them, you know, in our families. And they're just like, wow, you don't understand it. We've never seen anything like this. And I just went to bed that night going, that is so cool. That's exactly what you want to hear. That they see something supernatural. They see a family that loves the Lord, and they envy it. They want it. Mm-hmm. You know, I found it interesting uh, in your book, Forgotten God, that uh, this whole idea and emphasis of uh, in your own life, of going back to the Holy Spirit and His work in your life, was prompted by an encounter at the front door of your home with two missionaries from a cult. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of Jehovah's Witnesses came to my door and they said, 
what do you think about us? Do you know who we are? And I said, yeah, I know who you are. And I think what you're doing is, is awful, to be honest. And I said it in love. I, I said, here's the thing. You're going around telling people that my Jesus, my creator, is just another archangel. And they said, well, no, no, no. We don't think he's just another archangel. We think he's the only archangel, the only chief prince. And I said, turn to Daniel 10. You know, in Daniel 10, it talks about Michael, you know, who they believe is Jesus, the same now, person. Wait, all of the Jehovah's Witnesses now are going, stay away from Prince's chance house. He knows, <laughs> yeah. he knows Daniel 10. Yeah. yeah, Daniel 10, 13, you know, it was Michael, one of the chief princes. And, and the, the guy read it and he goes, I never noticed that. I go, but here's my point. I go, I don't want to argue about this verse, that verse. That's great that I taught you something. But here's my point. There's no way you can tell me, you, you can look me in the eyes and say, you came before God one day and you prayed and said, God, open up your word to me. Show me the truth by the power of your spirit. And then you read through the Bible. You put it down. You thought to, to yourself, I got it. Jesus is Michael the archangel. And they go, yeah, no, we've never done that. I go, try, just just go home. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to your leader. Just go home and read the word of God. And what is the obvious conclusion? I go, just try it, try it, try it. And this, these guys leave going, okay, we'll consider that. And I, I left going, wow, I really showed them. They had no answer to you know this question, that question. But then when I was done, I thought, wait a second, am I being fair to them? In other words, did I ever do that? Did I ever sit down with the Bible and say, God, tell me the truth about this book? Or was I fed a theology from leaders in the church? Not that it's all wrong, but but did I ever really study for myself? And when it came to the issue of the Holy Spirit, I thought to myself, if I were an, on an island and I just read the Bible over and over and over again, what would I come away with? I would come away going, okay, God, give me this spirit you're talking about. Give me this. That's the way I would come away from that encounter and from that reading of the word of God. And it ultimately not only uh, caused you to write a book, but it changed your life to look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit in fresh ways and how he works in your life and your ministry as God uses you, right? And I love it. I, I, I love everything that God's been teaching me about the Holy Spirit and everything I'm experiencing with the Holy Spirit now, just from studying the Word of God and taking it literally and saying, wow, these things ought to happen. Mm-hmm. It's, it's this faith that God blesses. He, he, he says, when I return, I want to see if I find faith on that earth. Do you really believe that you are filled with the Holy Spirit of God? Do you really believe this is better than having me walk on that earth with you? It's, it's, it's God. It's me coming into you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that power? And I'm looking at the church, looking at people attend churches across the nation, and I don't think they really believe that they have this supernatural power available to them. They're living as defeated as people who don't know him. Mm-hmm. You know, as you're describing that, I'm thinking, okay, a lot of us, me included, we may tend to live our lives on what I'd call spiritual autopilot. You know, we, we just, we're kind of there. We've got a relationship with Jesus, but we're we're going through the day without a whole lot of high expectation of what God might be up to on a particular day. And I thought, well, why would I be like that? Well, one reason I might be like that is because if I have high expectation and nothing happens today, then then I'm going to walk away going, well, I don't want to be disappointed again tomorrow. I need to lower my expectations. Now, I just got to ask you, here you are, you've written this book, and so every day you're going, I want to be where the Spirit, I want to see God do great things. You have normal days where nothing really huge happens, don't you? I do, I do. But you know, now I am surprised when 
Nothing happens. It used to be, you know, once a year where I go, wow, I think God moved. Now I pray and I am so surprised if if God doesn't answer my prayer right away, if he doesn't supernaturally do something that day, that moment. And it's a great way to live because there are times when when we miss it. We think that God wants us to go a certain direction and, and really has another plan in mind. But I would say the rule now is I expect and I see, and I'm surprised when he doesn't move. And it's a much better way to live life. So day in and day out, you're seeing God do dramatic, powerful. I mean, like today, you got anything? And, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'm just trying to say, how do we deal with the expectations? And maybe God's doing stuff all the time that we're just not in tune with. Yeah, and there there are times when I expect something big and and, and I don't see it. But I don't know. You know, for example, the other day, I felt like God was saying, go talk to that guy you passed at Starbucks. You know, go back to that biker guy, and he was sitting out in front, and you were going to say something, and you didn't. And this is half an hour later. And I thought, okay, I'm going to drive back there because I think the Spirit's leading me. He's there. And I, I look at him, and and I go, hey, I, I passed you about a half hour ago. And he doesn't even look up at me. And I go, I felt like God wanted me to come back and just tell you that he loves you. And I know you're going to think that's weird. And the guy doesn't even look up, really. Then finally he looks up and he goes, that's not weird, but I don't want to go there with you. I'm like, okay, I'll see you later. You know, and so you walk away thinking, wait, God, what was that all about? Like, I, I thought you wanted me there. I thought he was going to start crying. I thought something. But how do you know? Maybe maybe an hour later, the Holy Spirit's going to lead someone else to say the same thing. And then he freaks out and goes, uh-huh. I don't know what's happening. So I'm not saying that every time the Spirit leads me to do something, I see something supernatural. But I'm telling you, the more and more I try to be led by him, the more I do see supernatural supernatural results. There are two things I want to say about what you uh, what you just illustrated there. One, God calls us to walk by faith, not by sight. And just because, Francis, you and I haven't necessarily seen something spectacular during the day, we have no idea how our lives are being used by God in small ways. Uh, I'll give you an illustration of this. I was in Washington, D.C. some time ago, and I was coming out of a restroom as uh, the cleaning lady was going into the men's restroom. Mm-hmm. And I stopped and I turned to her and I said, I want to thank you for your work. Thanks for keeping a clean, tidy restroom that when we go in there, it's it's not nasty. I mean, we've all been to nasty restrooms <laughs> and I mean, you know, it's yuck, okay? And uh, that was all I said. Thank you. And there was a, a gentleman outside the men's restroom who said, that was really a kind thing you just did. And I, you know, I, I didn't, didn't even think anything about it. He said, are you a Christian? Wow. <laughs> and I said, uh, I'm a follower of Christ. Yeah, I really am. And he changed my life and, and people are important. He goes, well, that was really an important thing to do for that woman. Now, I got the feedback at that point. Uh, of having done something right, done and, something good. And he didn't fall on his face and repent and say, well, I want no. to be a Christian. No, he, he didn't. But here's the thing. What if I'd walked out and there'd been nothing said? That was still a small, kind gesture to someone who probably doesn't get thanked very often at all. And and so I, I think we need to wean ourselves from thinking the Christian life is always about results 
we don't always see the results. The second thing, and I want you to answer this one, Francis, what about your prayers that don't get instantly answered? You know, you said that most of your prayers get answered during the day you pray them. I want on your prayer list. <laughs> I want on that man's prayer list right there because some of my prayers have taken years to see the answers to. Yeah, there there's certainly those times when you pray and you pray and you pray. And again, like I said, I am surprised when I don't see those answers. And I, I, I know because God has answered so many times in a way where I, it's undeniably him, mm-hmm. I, I'm at a point in my life where I just think, does it even require faith? I, I, I've seen so much that it doesn't feel like faith when I pray anymore. It's like he's proven himself over and over and over. So when he doesn't answer something, now I don't question, well, maybe he didn't hear me the first time or, or whatever else. I know that he's listening. There just must be something else going on. His ways are higher than my ways. He's understanding the big picture. There's something I don't get. But he asked me to keep praying. So I do. I Mm -hmm. still come back to this whole issue of expectations because I think it's big for all of us. I think some of us are afraid to ask God to do uh, things through us, to ask the Holy Spirit to work in us because we're afraid that life's going to be normal and we're going to get to the end and and it's going to – we want to keep our faith more manageable so it's more easy to get our arms around. I remember a story we heard here on Family Life, one of your fellow pastors uh, from Southern California, Ed Underwood at Mm -hmm. Church of the Open Door. Uh, he was on his deathbed, and there were people, he said, standing around the deathbed praying for him, and Lord, please, if you'd be gracious. He said he w- he was dying, and, and of course, Lord spared his life, but he, he said, I, here I am laying there dying. I could not speak. I could not open my eyes, but I'm hearing these people praying, and he said, I'm thinking, would somebody please pray a real prayer for me? And he said, a man came into the room, and, and somebody from our church, and he said, this guy threw himself across the bed and just started pleading with God, God, please spare his life. And he said, finally, there was somebody who was crying out to God like like it meant something. I think a lot of us have, again, we want a manageable faith. And you talk about reading the Bible. I don't see a whole lot manageable as I read the Gospels, as I read the book of Acts, as I read God yeah. moving among his people. There's a lot going on there that was out of control. And we fear praying specifically because what if God doesn't answer that? Then we almost feel like that'll shake our faith or make us question God. And yet for me, I'm saying when you do pray like that, you'll see answers so often that the times when God has something else in mind, you'll you'll know it's not because he's he's not listening or that he's not real. Mm. You've seen it. You've seen him way too much, way too much evidence. But sometimes we almost want to protect God. Like, okay, let me not ask for that because I don't want him to look bad just in case he can't do it or doesn't do it. (laughs) I'm, I'm I'm thinking of friends I have who are in a marriage that really from externally looks pretty hopeless. Hmm. And I'm thinking, how how have I been praying for them? You know, there's really been in the back of my mind, I wonder if this marriage can survive. Now, can God show up and do a transformation? You've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. Does it always happen? It doesn't always happen. But I, I should not be be hedging my prayers to give God some wiggle room in case that's not going to happen with them. I need to be going to God and saying, God, let's, let's, I want to see you work here, right? 
I'll be honest, there there have been times when I did not have the faith that God would restore a marriage. I, I remember this one gal, this this couple that I was counseling, and it got so bad. He was with another woman, and then, you know, her and her kids were living with us, and then, and then uh, he, he broke up with the other woman, but he looks at his wife and says, don't get excited. Another one. I, I've got another, I've got a new girlfriend, and and it was the week of the divorce, the week the divorce was going to be final. And she comes in my office and she says, Francis, I know this sounds crazy, but I still believe. I, I do. She goes, is that wrong? And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, poor girl. And I, I almost wanted to discourage her faith. And I, But I said, I go, no, it's not crazy. It's not crazy. And sure enough, that week, he grabs her, the two kids, sits them down and says, listen, Daddy really messed up. Wow. This will never happen again. And it's been about four or five years now. <laughs> great, great family, doing huge ministry, in love with the Lord. But I didn't have faith at that moment. I, I didn't, I, to be honest, but she did. Mm. And and it happened. And another one of those times where I go, wow, God, I really thought it was impossible. I am so sorry. I doubted you. Praise God she didn't. Mm. And, and if uh, a listener is in a circumstance listening to us right now and saying, that's me, hmm. maybe with a child, maybe with a spouse, another relationship, lost job, illness, find somebody who can pray in faith over you. Amen. And, um, you know, we, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit here. We're, we're not talking about some ethereal, mystical entity. We're talking about a very real person who's the third member of of the Trinity, who raised Christ from the dead. He defeated death, and he didn't come just to live in the heavenlies. He was sent by Christ to indwell those who have surrendered their lives to him. And if you're listening and you've not experienced the Holy Spirit like we're talking about here today, this is not just for some some radio guys and a, a pastor here in a, a studio. This is for Husbands, wives, moms, dads, grandparents, single people who are listening, who are facing all kinds of issues, who need God to show up and who need to be walking a life of faith right now. And my encouragement to you is don't let the sun go down or don't go to sleep before you settle the issue of, uh, of surrender uh, to Jesus Christ in your life and letting him through his Holy Spirit, fill you, empower you, control you, and uh, be able to work in and through you. And, and that could be for someone who has never cried out to God before, or it could be for somebody who has had a relationship with God, but it has over time gotten dry or stale or or hopeless. Yeah, may have played church along the way. Yeah, and this is where I think uh, what you're talking about, surrender and understanding uh, what the the empowering and the filling of the Holy Spirit in our life is supposed to look like and be like, it's so important in the life of a Christian. It's where a book like the one Francis has written can help bring clarity to what is sometimes a confusing or clouded area. Uh, let me encourage listeners, go to familylifetoday.com. The book is called The Forgotten God. Again, it's familylifetoday.com, or you can request a copy when you call 1-800-FL-TODAY, 1-800-358-6329. Again, call 1-800-F as in family, L as in life, and then the word today. You know, I, uh, I'm i still reflecting on um, 
Valentine's weekend when Dennis and I had the opportunity to speak together at the Family Life Weekend to Remember Marriage Getaway in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and to meet a lot of Family Life Today listeners. And that same weekend, we had Weekend to Remember Getaways happening in Napa Valley, California, had one in Asheville, North Carolina. I think there were three or four other cities where there was a Weekend to Remember going on that weekend. And it's always encouraging to me Uh, First of all, to meet Family Life Today listeners and hear some of the stories that you guys share with us about how God uses this program, and then to see God at work, see the Holy Spirit at work in the midst of those weekend getaways. And I mention all of that because uh, our events, our website, our radio program, the resources we create, all of that is underwritten by folks like you who help support this ministry financially. In fact, more than 60% of the cost of operating Family Life Today each year is covered by folks sending in donations. And we are grateful for those of you who do that monthly as legacy partners. And we're also grateful for those of you who from time to time will get in touch with us and say, I just wanted to make a contribution because God has been using Family Life Today or one of your events or a resource or something in in our life. And and we just want to say thank you. And so here's a donation. If you can help with a donation today, go to familylifetoday.com and click the button that says, I care. And when you make an online donation, we'll send you as a thank you gift, a couple of CDs that feature a conversation we had with Mark and Grace Driscoll about some of the challenges they faced early in their marriage. We talk about what a real marriage is supposed to look like. You can also request the CDs when you make a donation over the phone. Our toll-free number is 1-800-FL-TODAY. And you can mail a donation to Family Life Today. Our mailing address is Box 7111, Little Rock, Arkansas, and the zip code is 72223. And we hope you can join us back again tomorrow. Francis Chan is going to be here again, and we're going to talk about what it means to test the spirits and uh, how you do that. We'll talk about that as we continue our conversation about the Holy Spirit tomorrow. I want to thank our engineer today, Keith Lynch, and our entire broadcast production team. On behalf of our host, Dennis Rainey, I'm Bob Lapine. We will see you back next time for another edition of Family Life Today. Family Life Today is a production of Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas. Help for today. Hope for tomorrow.